I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. As you as you develop the the favorites or or the winners, you can take those and you can run them on the VSA, and you can get a head start or an early look into what your shelf life is going to be. You know, 45 hours running on a on a on a VSA right up front, it's 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 faster. Water has been called the luck of the planet by Daniel Burston, and its impact and significance are evident everywhere in the foods that we eat. Every year, billions of dollars are spent by food manufacturers to move water in and out of food products. As a food scientist, I am on a mission to understand how this can be done better. Welcome to another episode of Water and Food. Today, I'm joined by Aaron Dinsler at Thorn Research. Hey, Aaron, how's it going? Thanks for joining us. It's going great today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you and, and discuss water and your products and how you've been able to, uh, to start applying isotherms to your research. Um, but to start off with, why don't you tell us a little bit about your role at Thorne and, and how long you've been there? My, my current role at Thorne is research scientist too, specifically uh, for the Effusio product. Um, and I'm working with Thorne on my fifth year currently. And what brought you to Thorne? You know, what, what is your background in and, and how did you end up there? My background uh, is in science all the way through. I uh, graduated from Montana State University in Billings uh, with a Bachelor of Science in Biology. And during my time there, um, it all kicked off with an intern, an internship program where I got into R&D and product development right out of the gate before I graduated. And uh, it, it's, it's all been flowing in this direction ever, ever since then. Um, what, what the key thing that brought me to Thorn was my, my interest in the way that they operate and the products that they, they provide, uh, it, it fit well into my goals as an individual and as a professional. And how did you find Thorn? Did you, you know, find them online or, or through LinkedIn or, or what ultimately brought you there? It, it, it's a, it's a fun story. Um, the short, ver- <laughs> the, the short version is it was, it was sheer luck and it was a, uh, a, a job fair sign that they had out in, in, in front of their manufacturing facility in Sandpoint, Idaho, as I was touring through the area. Um, I, I was living in Spokane at the time and I just stopped in and asked them when it was. And lo and behold, it was a few days uh, later uh, I attended and the rest is history. I hadn't realized that you lived uh, so close to the meter headquarters. So uh, I'm glad that you're familiar with this area. And uh, what makes you excited to, to go to work now? What, what gets you out of bed every day? And, and what do you look forward to doing at work? I, I'm, I'm proud to, to be a part uh, of Thorne and, and, and what they're doing. So that makes that, makes that first step all that easier every day. Uh, and then my, my deep-seated interest in science and, and data and making decisions based on data uh, is another key to success for me. So being able to... Uh, show up here on campus and be happy to be here and then be able to work doing something that I can I can see um, as the best fit for me. Uh, the, the two combos, it's nice. And uh, what types of products are you working on now? You know, what what products does Thorn specialize in and, and what makes these products different um, from your competitors? Sure. You know, Thorn, Thorn manufactures nutritional supplements. Uh, we, we're very deep seated in health technology. Um, you know, we're, we're a science driven wellness company. That's, that's who we are. Uh, we manufacture encapsulated products, ready to mix powders. And, and importantly, uh, very, uh, very close to my heart would be our Effusio product line, which are dissolvable beverage discs. What really separates us from 
our competitors is our quality and purity. We've made decisions along the road to eliminate and reduce the use of unneeded excipients and fillers, and, and we are genuinely interested in the outcome and well-being of our customers. And as you work through that R&D process and eliminate excipients and, and really focus on your products, how is water important to that process, and, and how are you measuring water? Water, water is a, a very important factor for us. As, as you eliminate certain excipients and fillers, uh, the job becomes more difficult throughout the manufacturing process. It can become more difficult um, with shelf life. It, it, it complicates things, um, and, that's, and that's a task that we're willing to take on. But to do that, we need to have data. We need to, we need to know, you know what, what is water doing to our product? How, how, is it, uh, how is it lasting inside of our packaging components? Um, you know, what kind of steps do we need to, to take during the manufacturing process to, to, to succeed? It, it, it's, it's, it's a big deal. And as you start to collect that data and, and look at water, how are moisture sorption isotherms a part of that process? And when did you start using isotherms um, in your R&D team? Sure. Uh, the, our experience with Meter Group was kicked off uh, by a recommendation from a, a coworker. Um, that knew of of meter and and that's how that ball got rolling is, is we 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 determined that this product or, or you know the VSA specifically was going to be able to give us the ability to analyze how our samples uh, would react in a controlled environment with with a set temperature when you introduce water vapor what 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 happens there how does it absorb the water what happens when it is, absorbs water and that allows us to um, determine critical water activities. It, it helps us determine shelf life. We can predict shelf life as long as we uh, complete the calculations. Uh, it, it, can, it can give me a glass transition point so I can look and, and identify a trouble, trouble spot within our product. And I can, I can make you know, data-driven decisions based on the output that we're getting. So it sounds like you're using isotherms to, to do a lot more than maybe just a single water activity measurement or, or a single moisture content measurement. Um, it's, it's giving you that entire picture. And from my understanding, you recently used isotherms uh, to prove that a packaging material wasn't necessarily living up to its specs. And I was wondering if you could talk about that experience a little bit more. Certainly. So this is a new product. Um, this is from our Fusio line. Uh, this is the first time we've worked with this and, and we haven't found anyone else out there who is working with it. So it was, it was from the ground up. So every, every step forward, there were challenges. And the challenge that you brought up was the, the, the packaging. Uh, at first we didn't know it was the packaging. We, all we knew was that this product was, was sticking or, or adhering itself to the interior of our pouch material, which is completely unexpected. It's, it's, that's not supposed to happen. Uh, we went through of course, all the checklists. We 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 looked at formulation. We looked at process. Uh, we started drilling down, and and nothing was 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 adding up. And and by that mean, we weren't. The data wasn't telling us that we had a problem with any of those checkpoints. Uh, so then I started measuring uh, the water content of these discs that were adhering to the interior of the pouch, and I know I observed that we were increasing in our uh, our percent moisture in these products as the increase in sticking occurred. So that didn't make sense because you have a spec on your packaging and, and boy, those, you know, that's something that you got to be able to hang your hat on or, or lean up against and, 
in troubled times. And uh, after running our product on the VSA and comparing it to observation, I was able to predict that with that particular packaging component and our particular product being tested, our shelf life should be at least 10 times longer than what we were observing with the shelf life in that package. Uh, that spurred us to send that pouch material out for vapor barrier testing. And lo and behold, it came back and it said exactly what the shelf life predictor said, which was the spec was not accurate. And we had far too much vapor transfer happening. Um, our, our product was acting like a desiccant uh, in, it, in, it, in its packaging component. So uh, the VSA, the VSA knocked it, you know, it, it, it knocked it out of the park. It, the VSA told us exactly what happened. So just to clarify, the, the packaging company was telling you that that packaging material had a specific water vapor transmission rate. And when you used that in uh, the packaging calculations in the moisture analysis toolkit software, it was telling you that you, you should hit a shelf life. But what you were seeing in actuality was that you were having that, that stickiness to the inside of your packaging, and it wasn't even close. And so when you went and had a, another third-party test that packaging material, it, it was different from what that packaging company had told you. And, and you wouldn't have understood that if you didn't do the isotherm analysis on that vapor sorption analyzer. Is, is that correct? That's correct. That's correct. It, it would have been... Uh... If it, had we had reached out to that third party to test the 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 barrier, it would have been um, it, it wouldn't have been driven by the data that the VSA gave us. It would have been us just looking into it, you know, simply looking into it. And that's not something normal to just check in on a packaging specification. Um, that's why we rely on specifications. But the data was was so strong from the VSA, it made the decision to to test the the packaging material um, a, a no brainer. It was it was instant. Yeah, I would be curious to know how how often this happens. You know, how many times a a packaging company might not quite live up to to what it's actually saying. And at least with the isotherm, this is a way to test that, and then also a way to pinpoint the packaging water vapor transmission rate um, that you actually need. What, what other types of challenges have you been using isotherms for um, from the from the R&D side of things? Well, what I've been using it for recently is to add add valuable data to our to our shelf life predictions. Uh, you know, the more the more data points that you have, the the better your decisions are. Um, so, I've been running a lot of our encapsulated products and our uh, ready to mix powders through there. Um, adding that data set to our current data for, for shelf life calculations, um, which are uh, extremely important as we, as, as we grow and have our products residing in different regions and um, for, for potentially longer durations or short, shorter durations. Uh, it's all about the environment and, and how it can impact the, the product in which it resides. Yeah, um, so let's go back just a little bit. I, I want to talk about those glass transition points and why they're important to your team, you're using that isotherm to pinpoint where the, the glass transition point is. But then once you have that information, what are you doing with it? Sure, uh, one example is that seeing a glass transition point and correlating that to analytical data as far as the activity um, and, and, and label claim that, that we absolutely stand by, uh, 
you can see a decline in 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 activities of of raw materials ingredients when that glass transition happens. So we can we can stress a product uh, utilizing the grass the glass transition model and and take analytical data and we can see a shift or a change so we know what to avoid and we know that we can believe in that glass transition point and and how it can help us say throughout its shelf life this is a problem area that we need to avoid otherwise our product isn't what we set out to make it be how well is that uh, glass transition point that you're determining with the isotherm how well does that line up with what you're seeing in in the real world so I work so very closely with with this uh, with our dissolvable beverage discs. I mean that is the department in which I reside. Um, I see these every day. Um, so much observation, so much data stacked up. And when I take a glass transition um, and I model it, and I look at at the product I'm working with, I can see that glass transition in action. I can physically stress that product. And when I reach that that correlating point with the glass transition, I can see a negative change in in my in my product, and so that allows us to set a boundary and say this is the no go line. If we if we exceed this this amount this water activity or this moisture content, we're in trouble. So we will do what we need to do to never reach that that boundary. And what is the business value of of being able to? have this information early in the R&D process before mass producing one, one of your products? Well, in, in the world of iterating through formulas and developing what, what we would call a, a prospective master formula, there's a, whole, there's a whole stack of those iterations. And as you, as you develop the, the favorites or, or the winners, you can take those and you can run them on the VSA and you can get a head start or an early look into what your shelf life is going to be, be like. And, and, and that's, that, 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 that is a, a money saver right there. Um, I mean, that's, you, you cannot do that without implementing accelerated conditions in an environmental chamber and then coupling that with analytical data. Um, you know, that's, that's common practice all over the world for that. This, this is another, another set of valuable data that can add to that to, to make those decisions uh, viable or, or just stacking data to make it an even more educated decision. Yeah, it sounds like by having that isotherm data, you have that competitive edge because it, it may allow you to maybe be the first to market with new products or reduce your R&D costs. Um, I, I think that those isotherms also work somewhat as a, an insurance plan because you're able to avoid any problems before they even happen. Is there anything else that you might add to that list? To go back to the, the, early, um, the early discovery of issues, uh, I, I did leave something out and you know, 45 hours running on a, on a, on a VSA is far shorter than six weeks in an accelerated environmental chamber. So we can get an early peak if something is, is just plain not going to work. There's no sense in, in having that elongated time. So it's, it's, it's right up front. It's, it's, it's faster. And, and like you said, the, any traditional shelf life test or even an accelerated test is going to take much longer um, than anyone really wants to wait. And so even though this test is, is still uh, maybe a two-day test, it's still the, the fastest way to get these types of insights. Even a, a traditional laboratory isotherm or an isotherm using a, a DVS, a, a dynamic vapor sorption method, those can also take a, a long time. 
And you're using that DDI, the dynamic dew point isotherm. That's a, a patented method um, by that was um, produced by Meter Group. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that specific method and and how it's been helpful to you. And have you had the chance to, to look at these other types of methods um, and apply them to your products as well? Right now, I am thoroughly uh, enamored with the DDI method. Uh, that's that's what I'm using for, for everything currently. Um, what it does for me is it gives me the isotherm model that I can easily recognize now that I've had practice. Um, it, it gives me, you know, it graphs out a curve that that I can that I can read now, and uh, I use that model to plug it into the the numerous modules uh, that the software comes with. Um, example, we touched on the glass transition point. Um, I can use that. I can use it to predict my shelf life. I can use it to predict what kind of packaging I may need to use to keep a product stable if, if I've set a boundary. Um, it, it, it's, it's, been, it's been great learning about it. And, and the challenges that I've faced thus far, I've been able to, to hop on uh, calls with yourself, uh, for example, and, and, and I've, I've improved or I've gained the knowledge on interpreting the data, which, which has been vital. Um, one, once you learn how to read these things, you, you can really take off pretty quickly. Um, it, it, it's been, it's been a pleasurable experience so far. Yeah. It, it's been fun to watch you transition from a kind of an isotherm novice to, to really an isotherm application specialist, uh, like myself. And what, what would you say has been the most report re rewarding part of that experience? Oh man, data, data, data. I, I mean, that's, I, it is so incredibly stressful in the R&D world and it's really just not and it's just not a, a thing that should happen is is having to make decisions without some without some data to help to drive that observations you know they're part of science but you got you got to put that with data or else you're, you're going to end up spinning your wheels you, you might end up down a dead end uh, it, it it's this this data that the VSA has given us has been very valuable in in improvement, which is is something that we do here every day. So we want to improve um, and continue to thrive. Um, and Aaron, one of the pushbacks that I see from other R and D teams when when they're thinking about isotherms, sometimes I, I think they're a little frightened um, at having to learn this new method and, and sit down and and even though they're getting all of these new insights into their products, it, it does take some time to learn how to create an isotherm and how to analyze it and how to do the, the calculations that you've talked about today. What, what are some of the challenges that you had with, with isotherms and how have you been able to overcome these challenges? Uh, the support from, from Meter Group has, has been there uh, to help me through these challenges. One specifically was uh, interpreting some of the more difficult or some of the the irregular isotherm models um and i recently had to put in a request uh, with with you yourself I, I i just couldn't i couldn't get uh data that i that i wanted but it, it's math and so i know that it was something that i was doing or i wasn't providing uh the the right values to the equation and and we went ahead and we modeled the isotherm in a in a different way and we set uh our beginning and critical water activities where they needed to be to get a more accurate output on our shelf life calculation and 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 then and then it worked so it, it's now it's another another tool that i have that i can use you know as 
as as a as a you know solo or you know just on my own let's say <laughs> you can take the training wheels off and i don't have to you know check in with you on it anymore because i know i know what i'm looking at and i know how to to manipulate um the data sure and and you know one thing i do want to mention here is that meter group really views uh this as a partnership anytime that we sell a, a vapor absorption analyzer and and help a team start to understand isotherms we we do have to teach you how to walk before you run um, but it's a rewarding experience um, for i think both both sides are, are both companies and so that is something that uh, i i personally enjoy doing working with people like you and and showing them you know if the math isn't working or if the model doesn't make sense then we sit down and and we really look at what's going on so that in the future you're able to do this yourself um, from here i just want to talk about what's new with thorn are, are there any product launches that you want our listeners to be aware of and and where can listeners find your products no the easiest answer is is our effusio product line uh, it's in my it's in my job title um, I'm, I'm proud of i'm very proud of this product line I, I believe in it. Um, it's it's a dissolvable beverage uh, disc, and we do have two currently available through uh, thorn.com. Uh, you can learn more uh, at effusio.com, and the best place to order any Thorn products is at thorn thorn.com. And and I want to finish with this. The the last time that we spoke, you were getting ready to go fishing, and I'm just curious if if you had any luck when you went uh, out. Oh, it was a it was a great day. Yes, it was. We we had some sunshine and. Uh, we uh we we had a good day on the water. Uh, it was the 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 near shore or inshore, uh, red drum fishing. Uh, I recommend it to to anyone and everyone who enjoys fishing. Did you do any fishing when when you were in this area, uh, close to Spokane? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, the St. Joe River is is probably one of my my favorite all time fishing locations on the planet. Aaron, I just want to say thank you for your time today. I've really enjoyed talking to you about isotherms and learning how you're using this. And again, it's been great to watch you go from that isotherm novice to, to really applying these almost every day that you go to work. Uh, so thanks again for being on this episode. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, and thank you for all your, your help and, and all of the problems you've helped me solve to this point. I'm Zachary Cartwright. This is Water and Food. Find this podcast on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.